Hello, and welcome to episode 464 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. You're coming off of another somewhat low-scoring week in fantasy. Evan, how's it going? Yeah, it's been a low-scoring season. I've noticed that you've been drinking water during the shows. Are you weaning yourself off of the peach snapple? I'm trying. I'm trying. It's so bad for me. I know it's so bad for me. I actually had someone from Snapple reach out to me <laughs> and uh, after I was talking about it, it'd be like, we have a sugar-free don't, you know, don't despair. Now we have sugar-free. I was like, buddy, sugar-free doesn't taste as good. I mean, what, yeah. what can I say? Yeah, right. It's a big downgrade. Anyways, on today's show, we'll be going team by team through each NFC squad, talking through everything we saw and what it means before we get into it. Have to remind everyone the NBA season starts tonight, tonight, Tuesday night. It's really, really hard to compete in DFS to compete in props unless you have the very best projections at your disposal. We put so much effort into a 24-7, 365 from our NBA projections team led by Dink. It's it's an unbelievable undertaking, but if you're going to play DFS, I think you actually legit do need it. Head to the subscribe page for more on NBA. Also, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They continue to have this battle royale format weekly. Check it out. We will have rankings for it. Those debut on Wednesdays each week, essentially a one-week snake draft on Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't deposited yet, promo code ETR. When you do deposit on Underdog, we'll match your first deposit up to $100. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right. Let's start with the Cardinals, Evan. And there is a lot going on with the Cardinals. Marquise Brown was having an awesome, awesome season. I mean, legit, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, I think he's emerged into sucks that he's going to be out indefinitely. I would say uh, four, five, six weeks at least. They go out and they make the trade for Robbie Anderson, and they're going to get DeAndre Hopkins back next week. I just think that without Marquise Brown and with Cliff still in there, I, I don't think that Robbie Anderson and DeAndre Hopkins saves them. This offense is thirty-first in yards per play. They're incompetent. The floor is so, so, so low. And I'm skeptical on DeAndre Hopkins coming back and having a big, big impact. What do you think about that going forward? Well, I'd like to know your reasoning behind that. I mean, they they built up a solid level of chemistry and rapport over the past two seasons, did Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. I think that, you know, he's, <clears throat> by all accounts, he's been staying in shape. Um, he And he should be ready to go immediately on Thursday night against a Saints defense that is going to be without Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, Saints Saints pass defense is a major funnel. I mean, they're really bad through the air and very good against the run. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old. I thought last year he was bad. I mean, I know he scored eight touchdowns, but I don't think he had over 80 yards, maybe maybe more than once or twice all year. I know he was banged up. He had a ton of games in like the 50-yard range, and he was so, so, so touchdown dependent. Mm -hmm. I don't see this team scoring a ton of touchdowns, and I think he would have been better for DeAndre Hopkins without Marquise Brown. Uh, with Marquise Brown then without. So we'll see. I mean, maybe they can scheme well, up. Can Robbie Marcus Anderson be that like lid lifter, yeah. the, the sort of coverage changer that allow? I just, I, I think they're going to be able to get out there and riff. I mean, yeah. What do you think? I, what- I, I, I know, I know he, that Hopkins took a step back yeah. last year from the monster year that he had coming off the, uh, that, that pandemic year. Right. Um, I don't would know, you I add would, jump in and, and and score big time? I think he's a wide receiver one right away. Wow. See, so yeah, I, I don't think so, but I guess we'll see. I just don't think he has it in him, and I have no faith okay. whatsoever in Cliff's ability to do it right. What do you think about adding Robbie Anderson? Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is owned already. What do you think should people be adding Robbie Anderson here? I think that he's going to play a lot of snaps, and I think he's going to be extremely inconsistent. 
And I, but I do think he's going to be able to mix in some big plays. I mean, Kyler Murray can throw the ball to the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, he struggles to b- throw the ball over the middle of the field, although he does it constantly to Zach Ertz. Uh, but he throw he throws the ball well to the perimeter. I mean, I, it's just it's going to be, you know, you're going to be very big play dependent with Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I did want to note uh, one thing on the running back stuff. This was the Eno show. No James Conner. No Darrell Williams. Eno plays on eighty. 80- Three percent of the snaps handles over 80 percent of the running back carries 39 routes on 47 dropbacks just unbelievable usage in a great spot against Seattle and still only scored eight points and that's kind of my concern with the DeAndre Hopkins stuff is that this offense is in really really bad shape but clearly Eno's role was really good with both those guys out we'll see on the, their status and, and there's more stuff to cover here I mean they the Cardinals just to support your point that the offense may just continue to struggle um they just lost their starting left guard Justin Pugh for the season Rodney Hudson, their their multiple-time Pro Bowl center, uh, has been injured. He was out last week. He's not practicing so far this week ahead of the Thursday night game. Um, I will say that I like the fact that now the Cardinals have two locked-in perimeter receivers who are going to play pretty much I, – I, well, I don't – Robbie Anderson isn't going to play every snap in the first game. But I think eventually he's going to play virtually every snap on the outside opposite DeAndre Hopkins, another pure perimeter receiver. That's going to make sure – that Rondell Moore stays in the yeah. slot. Yeah, and Rondell Moore's volume has been really, really good. Obviously, he has dot is back down around two, three, four yards, which is really hard to have a lot of success with unless you get a lot of volume, but he's been getting it lately. Let's go to Atlanta. Uh, what can we say, man? I mean, everyone wants to rip on Arthur Smith. I've ripped on Arthur Smith. I get it. He dropped back Marcus Mariota 17 times. They won the game. I mean, they won the game. They're winning games. They've been in every game. They're three and three. And they have a bunch of soft games coming up, two against the Panthers, one against the Bears, one against the Commanders, one against the Steelers over the next couple months. I mean, it's hard to blame him for the way he's playing. The problem is that when you only have 15, 20, 25 dropbacks in a game, it's really hard for Kyle Pitts and Drake London to get there, even if they are playing well. So just is what it is right now. I don't see any reason why they change their philosophy, given that they're winning and they've played well in almost every game. What you see yeah. out of Atlanta's upset of the 49. Yeah, I mean, another nine-plus yards for pass attempt from Marcus Mariota. Of course, he only threw the ball 14 times and completed 13. Um, they are really good in the running game right now. I mean, Caleb McGarry, their right tackle, who is a guy that looked like he not, he might not even be in the league very much longer, like last year, you know, as recently as last year or the year before, is like a, an absolute run-blocking stud for them right now. If if Cordero Patterson got dropped in your league, and I know he got dropped in a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of leagues because he got dropped in FFPC main event large bench leagues, pick him up immediately. I, I don't think that this the success of their rushing offense is going to end anytime soon. They're kicking ass with their offensive line. Their scheme is really good. Arthur Smith comes from that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, even Joe Gibbs background. Um, and I mean, they're, they're going to, they're going to make it work uh, on the ground, no matter who they have. And CPAT is definitely there. They have a dual threat quarterback as well. Um, but they're going to make it work and CPAT is their most talented back. And he's supposed to be back, I think on the shorter end of the, the, uh, the IR, t- uh, timeframe. Yeah. But he was only, uh, only has to miss four weeks. He can be back after that. And yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Mar- Marcus Mariota dropped back 17 times. Kyle Pitts ran 14 routes. Drake London ran 17 routes. So at least they're out there when he's dropping back this past week. Carolina, the end of the Matt Rule era 
led to another ugly, ugly, ugly game. I, I don't really know what to say at this point. They're averaging 53.8 plays per game. Christian McCaffrey has some is somehow still fourth in fantasy scoring. I did notice, and we talked about it Sunday morning, I did notice that they mixed in Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman a little bit more on early downs on Sunday, and maybe that's to preserve Christian McCaffrey a little bit for a potential <laughs> trade. But barring trades of Christian McCaffrey, of DJ Moore, of Sam Darnold getting healthy, of some quarterback solution, it's hard to see any light at the end of the tunnel here, what you see out of Carolina in week six. They're just the worst team in the league. Um, and I, I definitely don't think that Sam Darnold come back, coming back will, will save them. Uh, their offensive line is bad. I just you, – you literally are just hoping that all the guys get traded. Um, Robbie Anderson is like – might have some value now that he's in Arizona. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey has had value, but he could have a, a lot more value elsewhere, obviously. DJ Moore, like, I mean, you can't play him. You can't play him right now. Yeah. So you're just hoping that the guys get traded. What if DJ Moore goes to Kansas City? I mean, I, I might I might need to see a doctor. I'll have an erection for so long if, if DJ Moore goes to <laughs> goes to Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get into those crazy hypotheticals, but uh, I, I mean, I'm, you know, because they, they got Sky Moore like on the come a little bit. You know? Yeah, and, and DJ Moore's contract is not that great for right. Kansas City adding them either. So it's, I think it's most super mostly, young though. I think he's 25, 26. Yeah. And I, honestly, I actually do think Sam Darnold, like DJ Moore was usable, very usable yeah. with Sam Darnold last year, you know? So I'm not ready to say that, like, if Sam Darnold gets in there, that DJ Moore won't be usable. I, I think he actually could be. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Okay. DJ well, Moore. he has less target competition now, too, so. He was, yeah, I know. He's already seen 25% of the targets, though, which is a huge number. Yeah. And he's, like, 50-something uh, in fantasy points. I mean, it's just horrible. so, so, so brutal. Um, okay. Bears, I didn't see a lot in the Bears. You know, I, a lot of people want to blame a lot of other stuff on Justin Fields. Justin Fields has also not played well. There's a lot of problems with Chicago. Offensive line, scheme, plenty of stuff is wrong. He also hasn't played that well. I thought him and Mooney had a little bit going in that Thursday night game against Washington. David Montgomery ended up playing 56 snaps, 30 routes. Khalil Herbert, 17 snaps, 10 routes. We know what the deal is there. What you see out of Chicago on Thursday night? Yeah, well, and I referred to this a couple of weeks ago, uh, but Seth Walder of ESPN Analytics has shown that the Bears' pass block, pass block win rate is actually pretty darn good. And the problem here is that Justin Fields is holding on to the ball too long. Yeah. You talk to the, the crazy Bears supporters, they say that, oh, he's, you know, he got Jesus shell-shocked or whatever, you know, but, you know, the, the receivers aren't getting open. There, there's some truth to that, at least to the receivers not getting open thing. But he's holding on to the ball way too long. He's a slow processor. They've got to figure out a way to speed him up. And I'm not sure that, that they are going to be able to. Um, this was a problem for him at Ohio State where he was just surrounded by, you know, five stars everywhere, you know, like literally that, like, like almost every position. Um, so he he kind of get away with it. But it's just it's, – it's not coming out quick. It's not coming out clean. And I would say that there is not progress being made. Yeah. And, and you know, this this regime did not draft Justin Fields. It makes you wonder if it continues to go like this, it continues to plateau or even regress, are they going to be looking at a, another quarterback in 2023? And, and this quarterback class coming up is allegedly one of the best. I know we hear that all the time, but allegedly a very, very good quarterback class. Bears fall to two and four. Dallas. Um I think we saw, you know, it's almost like perfect timing. Dak sounds like he's ready to come back. And Cooper Rush did not play well, especially in the first half, did not play well 
in that Sunday night game against Dallas. Usage in Dallas, though, is very, very clear. I mean, we know what they're going to do in the backfield. We know what they're doing at wide receiver. There's not a lot of question marks week to week. I think the big question is if and when Dak comes back in week seven, can he spark them into a more explosive offense? What do you see out of Dallas's loss to the Eagles on Sunday night? Typically, this is how it goes with backup quarterbacks. And Cooper Cooper Rush has done a great job, okay? I mean, cap tip to him. But as the sample size grows and, you know, defensive coordinators are looking at him and, you know, he's just – he plays more than he's going to get exposed and and things are going to go south. And that's what's happening right now with Cooper Rush. I mean, he just doesn't have, like, enough physical skills to be – you know, an NFL an NFL starter. He can go in and win you a couple games, and that's a great backup. You know, Chase Daniel has been able to do that mm-hmm. for years. That's what Cooper Rush is, and they need to get Dak back. <laughs> Jerry Jones says that Dak's coming back. Dak says that Dak's coming back. But Stephen Jones says, I don't know if Dak's coming back. So – and I'm talking. I'm talking about in reference to Week Seven. So right. we'll just we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. Speaking of Dallas, as we move to Detroit here, Detroit's coming out of their bye. They play at Dallas, and you know, I was excited about the Lions coming out of their bye, getting Amon Ra back. We're projecting both Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift back here in Week Seven, which is obviously exciting. Just playing at Dallas. I mean, Dallas has one of the best pass rushes in the league, one of the better defenses as a whole in the league. It's not like the cleanest spot for Detroit to come back to, but at least they're going to get their guys back. And I'll be excited for that. Hopefully Dak can play also and maybe turn this game into a bit of a shootout. Anything for you on Detroit as they come out of their bye? No, I just – I'm optimistic that we're going to get DeAndre Swift back, yep. right? Are, are you? Yes, I think we're projecting Swift okay. and and Amon Ra back, yes. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I mean, awesome. Let's, let, let's, let's do this. Packers. I think a lot of people are asking themselves, what's going on with Aaron Jones? Um, Aaron Jones only has 48 slot or wide snaps all year. He only has an 11% target share. He only has 3.8 targets per game. The rhetoric that Deontay, that Devontae Adams' absence would lead to this huge pass game role for Aaron Jones has proven false, and he continues to split backfield work with A.J. Dillon. So, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. I, I don't think I'd bail on Aaron Jones. I'm not panicking. I wouldn't sell low, but I think there's certainly room for concern on the pass game role stuff. I have a bunch of other Packers notes here, but I'm just curious first. What would you do if you had Aaron Jones in season long? Uh, he was doing pretty well um, over his previous four. He just hasn't been scoring a lot of touchdowns. He's yeah. only scored a touchdown in one game so far. Um, I mean, he was he, he was averaging almost 17 touches per game between weeks two and five. And then, I mean, they just had a horrible game. I mean, they had a horrible game. Against the Jets, they scored 10 points. They suck, though. That's the thing. I feel like that could continue. Yeah, they I suck. Mean, uh, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. and and absolutely, he has to share work with A.J. Dillon. Like, and that's not going to stop. And there have been, you know, A.J. Dillon, his usage was a season low in week week five, but that was always likely to bounce back into, you know, his, his median range. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's going to be some ups and downs with Aaron Jones. He, might have been too high on him before the season. I thought the Packers would be a better team than this. Yeah. They're not. Right. They're not. Speaking of the Packers, I thought it was an important injury uh, to Randall Cobb because it get Robert it got Robert Tanyan out into the slot more and got him more involved in the pass game. Robert Tanyan set a season high by far in this game, ran around on 82% of Aaron Rodgers' dropbacks. 29 out of Robert Tanyan's 46 snaps in week six were slot or wide. He saw 12 targets 
for 29% share. I know everybody's looking for tight end help if you don't have one of the top two uh, or, or Kittle or Waller or whatever. So, uh, and even Waller's hurt now. So if you need help, I think Robert Tanya, especially while, while Randall Cobb is out, Absolutely. can certainly help you there. Yeah, uh, and Randall Cobb, it's saying, they're, they're saying uh, ankle, uh, high ankle sprain. Yeah. And they're saying two to four weeks. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's played a lot of football, and that's not an easy injury to recover. I mean, he needs his short area quickness. Like, it's going to be a problem for him. Yeah. I've also been a little bit disappointed in the way Romeo Dobbs has played 6.15 yards per target this season. I mean, that's really, really low. I mean, he's been out there a lot. He's been getting targets, has not been doing a lot with them. And so I just wanted to put that out there, but I'm not giving up on him by any stretch. Certainly some small sample stuff going on there. Rams. So Tyler Higby, maybe he was affected by the ankle and, and maybe I didn't give it enough credit. You know, I, I, Tyler Higby was on the injury report all week. They said it was mostly rest, but in the game on Sunday, Tyler Higby only ran 20 routes on 34 Matthew Stafford dropbacks, only got two targets. It was not one of those games where they were like, we're going to throw a bunch of screens, a bunch of short passes to Tyler Higby. Allen Robinson was more involved this week. And so maybe a little bit of the Higby stuff is evaporating here. Other thing I saw with the Rams was the backfield. I actually thought it'd be more of a three-headed backfield, but Daryl Henderson, 46 snaps. Malcolm Brown, 16. Ronnie Rivers, three. Sounds like Cam Akers is done in LA. But Daryl Henderson had a bigger share here than I actually thought that he would. They did give a bunch of other guys like Skoranek and Powell and Cup, and yeah. they gave a bunch of other guys carries too. But anyways, what you see out of Higby, DeHendo, the Rams, anything <clears throat> else? Yeah, well, this was a game where they were able to get the ball onto the perimeter a little bit because they got pretty good protection of Stafford, who only took three hits on 34 dropbacks. Um, the problem is that now they lost Joseph Noteboom, who they yep. who was the guy who they signed. You know, they they projected him as their internal replacement for Andrew Whitworth. God, they could use Andrew Whitworth. So, and Andrew Whitworth's still looking good, man. He's he's doing like broadcast stuff. They should try to lure him out of retirement right now. I mean, seriously, sign up Odell, get this, you know, get this thing cooking again. But I, I mean, and that, but they do go into their buy right now, so. Maybe they'll be able to figure some stuff out. I mean, Sean McVay is a smart guy, but that's a big loss. David Edwards, uh, they're starting, I believe, uh, right guard. is uh, He's had two concussions already this yeah. season. Rob Havenstein, who's supposed to be maybe their best blocker at right tackle, has not been. Um, they lost their starting center, Brian Allen, early in the season, although McVay said that he thinks that Brian Allen will be back uh, after the bye, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, yeah. Thorne had this offensive line 27 <clears throat> before, before the no bloom injury. There you go. Before yeah. it. I mean, now they're in, I mean, yeah. yeah, they're in big, big trouble on the offensive line for sure. And, and the run game certainly looks mostly broken. I mean, this was such a clean matchup and Daryl Henderson gets yeah. there with a touchdown, but they were still really inefficient. Yeah. Go to Minnesota. Uh, you know, I thought Miami would win the game. I, I was wrong. Maybe they would have won the game if Skyler Thompson didn't get hurt. I don't know. But anyways, Minnesota, credit to them, goes down there and gets a good win. Again, Dalvin Cook only ran a route on 48% of the dropbacks. It's just not enough for me. I want to see Dalvin out there more before I'm paying 7500 7600 whatever it is on DraftKings for him. But anyways, good win for Minnesota. What do you see out of them, Evan? Yeah, and Minnesota is another team going into its bye, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
You know, I, I think that they've been a mildly under they've been they've been okay on offense. I, be, I think they've been mildly underwhelming because I kind of had higher expectations really. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I, you know, going into the buy helps again, I think that their offensive line has been pretty good. Everyone's just been pretty good, kind of, you know, and but we haven't seen them really take the the next step. I don't like I don't think they've hurt, have hit 30 points in a game yet this year. But they've been like around twenty five and like all of them. Yeah, you know, um, that's just kind of what they've been so far. We'll see if they can take it to another level after the after the buy. But I mean, they've just been they've been okay. They're five and one, you know. But like offensively, we're talking about fantasy here. Everyone's been just okay. I wish they would let Irv Smith play a little bit more. He's rotating out a little bit too much for my liking. But I still think Irv Smith can give them more and play well. So uh, it kind of is what it is at the back of that tight end stuff. Saints. So even without Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Jameis Winston, even without all those guys, Taysom Hill only played 15 snaps in this game. And this is what we've talked about. Taysom Hill is going to have some huge games. He's going to be very, very efficient when it comes to touchdowns because, mm-hmm. you know, he played 15 snaps in this game. They desperately needed him. He only had 4.5 DK points. That's going to be tough. I think yeah. Jameis Winston likely will be back this week. I don't know if they're, uh, but I don't know. I, I think you may have spoken to Underhill. What do you think about? Saints quarterback stuff. Do we have any idea there? And anything else you saw? Yeah, they have so many injuries. I mean, I I could like go down their freaking roster and like there's a problem with like everybody. But yeah, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton on Thursday night. Um, I don't think Michael Thomas. I don't think uh, Jarvis Landry. uh, I I think Troutman, Adam Troutman seems on the doubtful side of questionable. Juwan Johnson actually had a pretty good game Mm -hmm. this past week. And He's got 40 or more yards in three of six games. Yeah. And I know that doesn't sound like anything, but it really is something at the tight end position. Yeah. Um, he's got some athletic ability. And if there's no Troutman, like Juwan Johnson is going to be a good play against Arizona, which gets smashed in the middle of the field. Like offensive coordinators are like game planning to attack Arizona in the middle of the field where they've used first round picks on Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. And those guys can't cover anybody. You know, do not let your kids grow up to be GMs who draft fucking linebackers in the first round. Okay, <laughs> please. What, what about Micah? You got you can check Micah Parsons in the first round. Come he's on, he's like an edge rusher. Shout out Penn State. Um, okay, you just had to get that in there. The <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, the the Camara usage has been awesome. I've played Camara in cash each of the last two weeks. Feel like I've run a little bit bad, not to get even bigger games, but last two weeks, twenty four percent of the targets and 21 carries per game. That's elite. And I actually think Andy Dalton is better for Kamara than Jameis Winston. I mean, he he checks yeah. down way more. And I think he's more accurate on some of those little quick hitters than Jameis is. So, um, yeah, just a note there on Kamara. Giants. We've been waiting, Evan, waiting for wide receiver help, and we got it. Wandale Robinson makes his NFL debut, plays 15 out of 64 snaps in his NFL debut, does Wandale Robinson, 10 in the slot, five out wide. Wandale only ran 11 routes, but he got four targets on those 11 routes. He caught three balls for 37 yards and a touchdown. I mean, maybe I'm too excited. I'm just desperate for my boy, Danny Dimes, to get someone. And Wandale looks like he can play. I'm excited about it. Yeah. What you got of Wandale? Anything else on the Giants? Yeah. In one of my FFPC teams where we're, we're five and one, um, humble brag there, uh, we thought about draft, dropping Wandale Robinson real early in the season. And right now, and I was like, Let's try to be patient. Like he could be the number one receiver for the Giants here real soon. And I mean, now I think he's got a chance to do that. Yeah. You're right. I mean, he didn't play a ton of snaps here, but he was highly productive on his snaps. You have to believe 
that he's going to get more snaps going forward. They freaking they need him, yeah. and he's a really good little slot prospect. I mean, he was also a, a return guy in college. Good with the ball in his hands. Um, I, I'm I'm a little excited about him. I, I think we're going to be starting him actually because we got some dudes on, on by. I mean, I, I think he's like a viable flex option. I'll say flex option right now. Yeah, uh, I will talk to Jordan about how yeah. quickly we can expect Wandale's role to grow because I, I think if I was coaching the Giants, it would be fast. I mean, we're talking like 15 snaps in his first week, 40 next week, and then full-time after that. Like, that's what I would do if I was coaching the Giants just because they have no one, no one good that they're throwing to. So, yeah, we'll see on Wandale. Let's go to Eagles. You know, I didn't have a lot on the Eagles. You know, I, I they continue to play really poorly in the second halves of games. I don't know exactly why. It's probably just noise. But they played really well in the first half and really poorly in the second half all year. Boston Scott did return for this game against the Cowboys, but he only played 10 snaps. Miles Sanders still got 44 snaps, 15 routes. Continued good usage for Miles Sanders. Eagles are heading into their bye. What do you see out of their win on Sunday night, Evan? Yeah, not a whole lot to add to that. I mean, you have to give the Cowboys defense respect and – you know, other than that, I mean, I, I I wasn't surprised that it wasn't a big fantasy game really for anyone. Um, you know, that's just I, I expected a low scoring game, and, and that's what we got. Let's go to San Francisco. So they go across the country for a 1 p.m. game and they get beat and they get beat pretty bad by Atlanta. I know a lot of people are asking about Debo. What's going on with Debo this year? Debo is actually averaging more targets per game this year versus last, but his dot is even lower. I mean, his dot is down to 6.0 yards, and he's down six percentage points in catch rate is Debo this year. So his dot is lower. He's catching the ball at a worse rate, and his touchdown rate has gone from last year was absurd, right? 10.3%. Right. We knew that was going to regress. 6%, though, is still pretty high for a TD rate. And so, you know, it just kind of, well, this is kind of what we expected on Debo. Obviously, you can't bench him. He's still a very, 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 very valuable asset, but he's going to have games like this where he doesn't score. Also, Jeff Wilson got his snaps eaten into a little bit more by Tevin Coleman this week. Jeff Wilson, 31 snaps, 19 routes. Tevin Coleman, 12 snaps, 8 routes against the Falcons. What do you see out of 49ers loss in Atlanta? Yeah, Jeff Wilson lost a fumble too. Um, um, George Kittle finally had a good game, and I I think we were kind of expecting that in that spot against Atlanta. Um, But I think that that was good news. They – I think – I read that uh, they think that Trent Williams could come back, like maybe uh, as soon as they're they're not. On, are they on bye this week? I don't think so. I don't want to say this, but I, it sounded to me, based on some of the comments that I read from Kyle Shanahan, that they think that Trent Williams could come back as soon as this week. Wow, they're they're home against the Chiefs this week. Okay, yeah, um, that would be awesome. I think that Ayuk, you know, that's great. He's he's like a best ball guy. He's not going to be anywhere near consistent. You know, against the Chiefs, he could go to, you know, three catches for 35 yards. You know, he's, he's just going to be really up and down. Um, I, I would, like, maybe even look to try to sell him, package him with someone else for, you know, a dude that you can actually count on uh, in, in a season-long league. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of all I got there on, on San Francisco. Yeah, I, getting Trent Williams back would be huge. I mean, Evans talked so much about how this offensive line has so many problems. Getting Trent back would be big. And if I was them, maybe I would wait to bring him back for this division game they have coming up at the Rams uh, in week eight, but we'll see what they decide to do. Um, Seattle. So Leone's spent the whole week telling me that Kenneth Walker is actually Gale Sayers uh, reincarnated. And so I thought Kenneth Walker played great, man. I mean, 
You might even be better than Gale Sayers. He could be better than Gale Sayers. (laughs) I mean, he did like some of these moves that like you don't really see in the NFL, like kind of like like gliding in the air and like jumping and then like accelerating off of it. It's hard to describe, but it was kind of weird. Shout out team, watch the tape. But Kenneth Walker played 47 snaps, ran 15 routes. DJ Dallas, 23 snaps and 12 routes. So yeah, DJ Dallas mixed in a lot on pass downs, but Kenneth Walker was very efficient and they won the game. And so, you know, it was good. This was not Geno's best game whatsoever and a lot of people a lot of the Gino haters are going to say this is a sign that the pumpkin is or the slippers turning back into a pumpkin or whatever the the saying is <laughs> that's definitely not it's it, definitely but. not it but, <laughs> but people are going to use this as evidence say that I, I you know guys are allowed to have games Gino's going to regress and he can regress and still be good because he's been so 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 elite so it's frustrating for Lockett I played Lockett on DK it was frustrating yeah. DK Metcalf was really frustrating yeah. but I'm not ready to panic yet what you see out of Kenneth Walker, Gino, and Seattle. Uh, Kenneth Walker just looks awesome. I mean, you know, and Rashad Penny was awesome before him. But now it's it's the Kenneth Walker show. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of stuff in the in the passing game. And I would definitely roster DJ Dallas everywhere. He should be rostered everywhere because he's the next guy up. Um, you know, if something happens to Kenneth Walker, we've already seen Kenneth Walker get hurt once this year. Um, yeah, I was just very disappointed because I, I loved DK Metcalf this week and the targets were there and the, the production just was not uh, the protection for Geno Smith broke down against Arizona. Arizona is just a kitchen sink defense where they just blitz to, to high hell. And sometimes that gets, gets home. They've actually been playing pretty good. You remember they got carved by Patrick Mahomes in week one. They've actually been playing pretty good pass defense yeah. um, by this, this just extreme blitz heavy. I mean, you, people can't even really name players on their defense probably but, I mean, they, they've actually played pretty good pass defense, all things considered. Uh, by the way, on the DJ Dallas thing, I, I w- the only thing I would say about that is Travis Homer, I think, yeah. is eligible to come off IR in, like, a week or two. And he had a rib issue. And I think Travis Homer could, um, you know, mix in and mix in plenty with DJ Dallas, even if, yeah. something went, if, and, if something happened to Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Let's go to Tampa. So, the, I thought Chris Godwin was an unbelievable play. The only reason I didn't play him in cash is because I was scared about his week five usage where he only ran around on 51% of Tom Brady dropbacks. In this game, where they were actually losing for pretty much the whole game, Godwin 39 routes on 42 dropbacks, 12 targets for a 30% share, just a beast. Cam Brate suffered kind of a scary back injury. I don't know how serious it is or he's going to miss time, but obviously we know Kate Otten can play a little bit if Cam Brate mm-hmm. misses time. This was a really bad Brady game. You listen to Solo Pod for my take on it. Maybe he's been out, you know, at Robert Kraft's wedding. He's hobnobbing. He's out looking for girls now. Eh, not Ooh. the best game for Tom Brady against the Steelers. That's all I'm saying. What'd you, you think see? he's back on Team Sex? Uh, he's definitely big time. Uh, <laughs> what'd you see out of out of the Bucks? Uh, surprising loss in Pittsburgh in a game yeah. that I mean they had to go to Mitch Trubisky and the Bucks still lost. They just yeah they just did not have a good day offensively. Um, the usage still is is you know with the exception of Mike Evans. In this particular, and that's going to happen sometimes with Mike Evans, but the usage was just good for everyone, though. I mean, Leonard Fournette got what twenty-seven touches. Uh, Godwin got twelve targets. He's back every week. Wide receiver one, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Russell Gage is you can't use him when he's playing on the outside. Godwin's gobbling all the stuff in the middle of the field. Um, yeah, Kate Otten is back on the radar. Rashad White was not used heavily this week. Um, I think that he will be used more. Uh, going forward, because they just—I mean, they—I know Lenny can do it, but on a, over a 17-game season, 27 touches, like 
you you can't do that to him. I mean, you you got to bring him down to nineteen and, and get Rashad White his you know his his ten, his ten or twelve. Yeah, and they've started doing that. They just got into kind of a desperate yeah. situation where they're right. trying to make a comeback and win a game that they really should have won. Um, so yeah, last team in the NFC we're going to talk about here today is the Washington football team, also known in some circles as the Commanders. Big news, of course, is Carson Wentz is going to be out for a while. He had finger surgery on his right ring finger. That is his throwing hand. Of course, I was hoping they would go to Sam Howell. I know a lot of us were hoping that they would go to Sam Howell to get some exposure to the unknown. We know what Taylor Heineke is. And honestly, Taylor Heineke might be an upgrade on Carson Wentz. I'm curious what you think about that, Evan. But he actually might be. So tell the people what you think about Heineke and how that affects McLaurin and anything else going forward. I mean, Heineke has been like a, a pretty decent fantasy quarterback. Yep. I mean, and, and he's like he's going to be an every week starter in two quarterback super flex. They've got weapons around them. They've got a competent offensive line. They've got, you know, I, I mean, I think that the scheme is fine under Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke. I mean, he he can score points. He can run a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's he's not super talented, but he's aggressive uh, as a passer. Um, I, I bet he has some some decent games. Statistic well in the from a fantasy standpoint, he also can like go south with turnovers. I mean, I think that we probably see Sam Howell within the next month. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Who who do you think is just yeah. better, just in real life, Heineke or Carson Wentz? <laughs> I mean, Wentz has so much more talent, but there's just something something wrong yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, there's just something wrong. His decision making, you know, like lack of leadership can definitely translate to the field in some respects. You know. Yeah. I I think I, that's just what it is. I, you know, I I don't know if I I don't know if I'd say Heineke's better. Right. But like they might be able to win more games with him. I mean, sure. yeah, no, that makes total sense. And, and by the way, this will be Carson Wentz. I assume he's going to get run out of Washington at the end of this year. That'll be the third team that he's been run out of in the last, what, four years or something like that. I, I do think the Heineke stuff is, is good for Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin this year, yeah. 15.9% yeah. target share from Wentz. Mm-hmm. Last year, Terry McLaurin, 25.5% target share with Heineke. And yeah, they added Jahan Dotson. Yeah, they got Curtis Samuel healthy, but I still think featuring Terry McLaurin is something they need to do. And Heineke, I think, knows that. And so I do think this is a good thing for Terry McLaurin. If people aren't aware of that, I would I think he's an interesting trade target in the season-long markets. Uh, one other thing on, on Washington, Brian Robinson got the start, 27 snaps and six routes, and Turner Gibson, 15 snaps and seven routes. I think the gap there is going to continue to get wider. Clearly, Brian Robinson's backfield now. Yeah, um, Brian Robinson... You know, I, I, his recovery and all that was the story is like incredible. I'm so happy for him as a dude. He doesn't have a lot of juice as a runner, um, and he's not going to play in the passing game like almost at all. So he's going to be very, very touchdown reliant going forward. Yep, I think that's totally fair on a team that may not scare, score very many yeah. touchdowns. All right, that is going to do it for the NFC team by team pod. We'll be back with the AFC pod later tonight. Be sure you're subscribed on YouTube or on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. For Evan, for producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.